Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Halix. We are so happy to be back in the studio today. Oh yeah, we had a, we had a hiatus while I went out of the country and yes. I'm back now. Gallivanting all over Scotland. Um, we did put out a couple of episodes while Luca was gone, where we, we actually reached back into our archives and we pulled out... Well, one of the things that we found we find most fascinating is when we invite our guests in, we ask them to pick a couple of songs, bring some show and tell, because we love asking the question, where, well, why did you pick this song? Mm-hmm. It's not just about the eclectic variety of music that comes in, it's the meaning that's attached yeah, to it. Yeah, it's the deep, juicy... Um, underbelly of I mean I don't mean that in a negative <laughs> sense but but you know that that the stuff visceral. that's personal and meaningful in in each of our lives and it often is reflected in the music for us it's like the visceral connection yeah yeah to yeah. to these things yeah. and uh, so we thought that it might be really fun to go back through our archived shows and pull mm-hmm. those out pull out the songs that people have requested play the the reasons why they picked them so I made a couple couple of oh excuse me Made a couple of episodes of those, and we aired those out while Luca was gone. <clears throat> I think I need to give a, a full warning. I've got a, I've got a lozenge in my mouth, and I've got and a tickly scr- throat. Yeah, tickly throat. So my voice may not be what it is normally today. My apologies to you listeners in advance. Um, <clears throat> but we're here in the studio today. We're talking to ourselves. Not quite literally. I mean, we're talking to each other, I guess, is the more accurate term. <laughs> Not just sitting beside each other, <laughs> talking to ourselves. <laughs> Although sometimes we're loopy enough to do that, uh, but yeah. Yeah. And our topic of choice today was something that we were, we've were we been talking about uh, for a few days, I think. Um, it's just been on our minds. And as well, because we talk from whatever's going on in our lives at mm, the time. And mm-hmm. assume that it's probably going on in other people's lives, too. Mm-hmm. So our topic, our generalized topic, and of course we're going to just do a wander around as we tend to, is on collaboration, community, compromise, and we're probably going to also touch in on what is it, how do we work with collaborate, compromise, create community with people that we don't necessarily get on with? Or whose viewpoints are... um, sometimes compliment ours but um the the more difficult ones are the ones that don't that are um not in alignment with our values yeah um although some elements of the person might be but maybe not what we're working on together Mm -hmm. um so we've we've um we've been dealing with that each of us personally this past week but also i was coming up against it or or not against it but i was discovering a lot of it while i was in scotland and I did, you know, closing in on about 30 readings while I was there mm-hmm. and in and around an intentional community in Scotland. And they're grappling with change in that community. That community has been in existence since 1961. So it's a, a mature community now in terms of uh, being a new age kind of community. That's pretty unusual. And, and so a lot of the people who are living and working there are beginning to want input from the outside about what do we do 
when the environment that we're in is not what we would like it to be and when we feel like we don't have a lot of power or support to be able to make changes in that. And do we just go up against people? Um, and if we find a way to collaborate with them, what is that way? Like, what happens when we hit a wall? How do we get around it? Um, and all of them were grappling in some way with um, that choice between taking their toys and going home and saying, I can't do this anymore, and finding another way to look at it. Um, because really, the situation isn't changing, right? It's how we look at the yeah. situation that has to change in order for us to be able to find enough common ground to be able to collaborate with the other people. Because I don't think it's an option on our planet anymore to just take our toys and go home. I think we're so interconnected yeah. with the internet and with you know global globalization on all levels. Yeah. Um, we can't just give up. We don't have that option anymore. And if you think about that global view for how many centuries of man's existence on this planet were we in small villages small communities and it was it, it may have been a death sentence if you decided to go off and do your own thing well yeah you'd be shunned and if you were shunned that means that life support was cut off to you yeah right yeah or a person just packing you know i'm leaving you packing up mm -hmm. and going away i mean oh, yeah. the idea yeah. of being yeah. self-sufficient and the actuality of it is something different there's a reason why we gather together we've had such luxury for the last long time with so many people on the planet that we've got cities which create this strange situation where you can be surrounded by people surrounded by what should be considered to be community and be completely disconnected from it. Yeah. And a lot of people getting up and moving somewhere else on the planet, far, far mm. away from home. Not the next village over. Right, where you have to or, walk Or there. even the next country. Yep. But we're talking about on the other side of the planet where there's a different culture, a different language, and all of those things. So we've so had a luxury to get along with one another. of being able to live in silos and yeah. have yeah. where we could draw these lines and say, I'm only going to interact with people that think like me. I'm only going to hang out with them. I'm going to live near them. I mean, I, I've lived in different communities and they all have different vibes. Yeah. And it's an entirely different thing to be reconciled to. I'm never going to fit in here, so I'm just going to do my own thing and I'll keep community with people kind of at a distance, uh, the people who are my like-minded people. I've done that at times to survive mm -hmm. versus here is where I am. Where can I build connection? Yep. Even if maybe I don't feel like I'm the perfect match here. And, you know, the second is where there's community growing rather than the, those silos. And, yeah, I think you're right. We are, it is turning, turning around to another place where we've reached another tipping point and we have to figure this out together if we're going to survive, both in our countries, the, um, the desperate situations we are facing around rage that is murderous rage that is killing people through outbursts of gun violence or um, the inward rage, the, the out-of-control despair in communities where um, you have rashes of suicides, which is another kind of mass killing. It's a, I, I mean, I feel like the root comes from hopelessness, right? And that's when you have... <coughs> When you have a value that is so essential to your being that 
uh, doesn't feel like it's being reflected by your community or m- met by your community. Um, what do you do? Or, or when, when personally, it isn't? you're not seen. You might because not be there seen are, it. Yeah. There are. I think it's. I think we've probably all experienced situations where, because of something we believe in or we stand for, or an idea that we hold, that becomes like a label over top of us that people are interacting with the label Mm -hmm. rather than seeing us as a human yeah and connecting that with us and a human that's that's where the in lies that's where the key lies around Mm -hmm. collaboration community um and how to work with people that we may not and labels can be very rigid Mm. it doesn't allow us a lot of room to change our perspective or even move around into another person's shoes or another person's chair in order to be able to look at the situation in a different way and see if there's something we can shift. If we're held in our label and not allowed to be anything other than the label, then it's really difficult for us to learn and change and grow without feeling like there's so much at stake that we're going to hurt ourselves or others. Yeah. Um, it, it, uh, I've been finding more and more recently that my power is in my, my ability to shift my perspective. And I have to actively call myself to do that. Um, and I, I've just gone back to Scotland, which is a place that I haven't been for 18 years. And the me that left there 18 years ago and stopped living there 21 years ago, um, almost 22 now, is a different person than the one that left, mm-hmm. and uh, and and so I'm I'm recognizing that we all have that ability to shift and grow. And I was very aware as I went back into that community again that even the people I bumped into again there, with whom I haven't had any contact for a very long time, they're not the same people I left right. any more than I'm the same person who left. Yeah, um, and that we change like that day by day and minute by minute. That it's not. It's not just something that happens, you know, over a long period of time or with a sudden eureka. Right. Although it can, but but do we allow ourselves enough room to be able to experiment without feeling like we have to put our entire identity and existence on the line in order be, in order to be able to do that? Mm-hmm. That's um, and and so I I look at people. Um, I'm coming up against where it feels to me like that person is intractable. Mm-hmm. Then, um, what do I do with that? Mm-hmm. I have a choice. I can, I can put, a, I can slap a label on them. I can make them wrong. I can give up on them. I can withdraw, or I can stay sitting there with the feelings that that engenders and say to myself, "Okay, what skills and strengths do I have that would allow me to shift my perspective a little bit so that." I can hear where that person's coming from and at least their intention because I think that their their actions don't always match their intentions. They don't always have the awareness or the skill to be able to shift their behavior um, as fast as they're shifting their intention. So this week I was talking to somebody who's um, I see as being part of a Um, an old patriarchal system. And so I know that when I talk with that person, my buttons are being pushed around uh, my negative experiences with that system. But he's not an entire system. 
<laughs> he's a person. And he he's he's dropping hints all over the place about um, what his intentions are. Mm-hmm. Um, he's stating them out clear, these are my intentions, and the behavior doesn't match it. So I have a choice about what I focus on. Do I focus on his behavior or do I focus on his intention? With his intention, I can found some, find some common ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what do I do to address um, his, his emotional investment? And then what do I do to address um, our collaboration and our interaction together? Mm-hmm. Without coming from a place of I know better than you and that arrogance of I'm more enlightened, I'm a more I'm more awake, I'm because that that is so counterproductive. I don't right. like anybody no. using that on me and I'm sure nobody else likes having it used no. on them. So um It's no different than I'm smarter than you, you need to listen to me. I mean really yeah, you're yeah. hitting the same yeah, the same it is. Buttons. It's the it's the same playbook, right? And and we know that doesn't work for us. Um, so, but I think that we get, when we feel, um, attacked, then we, then we want to defend ourselves and we go back into the old behaviors that feel safest, right? The ones that we know the best. Yeah. Um, and if I judge somebody for doing that, then we'll never find any common ground. But it's hard to remember in the moment. Yeah. Um, and I know that you and I, over the years, have, have helped one another a lot in terms of um, holding one another when we're triggered, um, holding the space for one another to pull back and um, have a saner perspective prevail, right? And yeah. be able to shift our position and say, well, what about if we go over here and we look at it this way? Yeah. Um, and I, and maybe, maybe the buddy system is is what helps us with that. I mean, yeah. community definitely does, but if you don't have a community, maybe you've got a buddy who can who can see it that way. Anybody so, does. So here's the thing. I I have experienced intentional community where uh, I had continual conflict with somebody who was who was in it. But when I say conflict, I'm not meaning um yelling arguments no. or violence in any way. No. Um, I mean, m- my perception, my desired outcomes might be over here. Their perception, their desired outcomes was in a different way. So frequently, our group meetings probably were longer. Anybody who's ever tried to live in a communal house or, or any kind of a situation oh, where yeah. you need to do things by consensus will get what I mean when you say the meetings are longer. Consensus building takes much it more takes time. It takes so much time. And it's true that there was, an, there was a, an element of feeling like really done with it a lot. But I look at that relationship as really important because I think by holding opposite ends of the spectrum, and being able to have conversation, that doesn't mean that there's no emotion in it because we we care we have our ideas for reasons. We care about yeah. things for and reasons. And we're passionate about uh, being able to make things work. Yeah. Right. But again, doing the work of talking through our differences of ideas and opinions, and choosing to continually step out of. Um, judgment or feeling anxious about being heard and having holding space for your own self but then being willing to really listen to the other person is so important and so helpful and illuminating I think for probably a lot of the other people who maybe might not be on 
such polar opposite ends of the spectrum, but it becomes, it's a learning tool for not just me to hear their opposite opinion, like really hear, really be able to listen rather than just be listening for and where I can make my arguments. And it's easy to listen if I agree with the other person, is when I don't agree with the other person and I feel like I'm under attack or I might um, not be able to get the outcomes that I want, that's when it's that's when it's harder for me to listen, right? That's yeah. when it really tests my listening skills. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I, like I and I I know that I'm grappling with this every day, um, and I, but I'm not working in groups every single day, right? A lot of the work that I do is one on one. Um, and the dynamics around it are a little different one-on-one. Um, so it's when I'm in groups and, I, and I'm trying to get to a desired outcome, a communal desired outcome, that it's, it's more challenging. And that's when I need that extra support behind me. And, and sometimes that ability to just step back for a minute and buy myself a little bit of time so that I can shift my perspective. Because it is extremely challenging to do that in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, um, but this our is our feet in the fire. So this to speak. is our greatest. Um, it may be our greatest challenge as humans, is to have these conversations that are really important to have. Yeah. Uh, I started. I think I've mentioned a few times um, on air when we've been doing our wrap up that I've been preparing a place for um, people who come from the same um, Christian cult background as me to do some healing work. Mm -hmm. And I launched it about uh, just over a month ago. And in that group, this work is being done all the time. There are such, there's such vast experience. We may have common history, but our experiences may have been very, very different depending on how our family um, moderated or or amplified whatever the messages were that were coming through the, the church cult yeah. leadership. Yeah. It's the different flavors of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have deliberately included on my support team uh, a person who is a friend like a brother, um, but he is very opposite for me. He wants to create different things. Uh, but it's it's that that flint that I do, I'm choosing Creative it. friction, right? Yeah, I yep. choose it. Um, and there, there was, a, just as an example of like opposite ends of the spectrum, we were trying to discuss how do we moderate how do we create safe space? Mm-hmm. We both want safe space. So at least we could agree on that. Yes. But how do we create that safe space? He was holding the point of view of when uh, when people like him have very strong opinions and they want to say something that is very opposite or very different from what everybody else in the group is saying, they want to be able to say it without people um, crying foul and and getting hurt feelings and just running away. They would like to be able to... To have their opinions, so we want we want people to stay engaged because if you don't stay engaged, there can't be a conversation, right? And so, um, and he was speaking a true thing where there, you know, we do have a sensitivity to, or we we have a tendency at times to to shut down people who who maybe are not skilled in in diplomacy Mm -hmm. and so they want to share an alternate opinion Mm -hmm. they may do so in a blunt way that steps on toes yeah it could be clumsy it could be the essence of the idea may still be worth talking about but Mm -hmm. too many times we'll get caught up in the methodology and how it's delivered yeah and so sometimes he's been shut down or censored and maybe right maybe rightly so i wasn't Mm -hmm. witness to those kinds of things so he was wanting to be sure that we would uh, uh create more more uh, safe space for differing opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was holding the, the ground of 
uh, it's really important to take responsibility for the impact of your words. Yes. All of us. Yes. So we may have impacts way beyond our intention. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't absolve us mm-hmm. from those impacts. Yeah. So if we become aware of it, it is a responsibility for us mm-hmm. to, again, with a view of community, if somebody says, ow, mm-hmm. you know, when you punch them and you're just, you know, giving them a light tap, but they say, ow, you don't have an argument about whether the ow was merited. No. We instead say, well, please cease that action to me. It doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that's a bad thing to do to everyone or all the time or anything like that. But just, you know, let's pay attention. Well, that uh, that idea of pain management is a a really great analogy because we know that um, in managing people's pain levels that some people have very low pain tolerance and other people have have an extremely high pain tolerance and so you can't medicate everybody the same way mm-hmm. um, you, you wouldn't want to it wouldn't be effective right but you can't say to somebody who's highly sensitive and has a very low pain threshold well you shouldn't be feeling pain right now mm. um, yeah <laughs> and, like or, and it doesn't make you better or a worse person because you're sensitive or mm-hmm. more sensitive or less sensitive to pain and I think the same thing can be said around emotional pain as well, mm-hmm. um, that, we're, that we're learning how to manage it and dance with it and learn from one another. And the learning process can be messy. Mm-hmm. And can we still stay engaged with one another through that messy process mm-hmm. um, long enough to be able to build a bond with one another and build some trust with one another? Because if we keep lobbing a grenade and running out of the room, then we're not ever going to build any trust. And it doesn't matter mm. how justified we are in doing it, right? And this is one of those things, too, where if we say, but that's not a grenade, and everybody else is saying, yeah, but I got shrapnel. Yes, yes. Then it's like, well, maybe we need to examine what we think is not a grenade and and discover and say, the essence of How is of it a weapon? Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Like exactly. It, maybe it's a coconut, but if, it co- if the coconut blows up and, and yeah. you end up with shards of it in your face, it's a weapon. Now that makes me think about something that I must agree I'm still holding. I am not 100% clear on where I come down on this thing I'm about to talk about. Mm. But in some ways, that's why I'm happy to talk about it on air because it's like the growing edge, right? This yeah. is the learning edge. Yeah. So I hear a lot of conversation um, these days. This is in connection with the with the conversation around racism mm. and um, white privilege and the especially the hidden forms of racism, the systemic racism that we may be individually continuing with blindly, but we're still culpable because yeah. we're we're not changing it. We're mm-hmm. therefore participating in it or benefiting mm-hmm. from it. Mm-hmm. And the phrase the weaponization of white tears is one I've been coming coming across a lot. Mm-hmm. And I have mixed feelings about it and I think, you know, Feelings are feelings. We we just pain they just are, right? But I'm still yep. examining this, and I think there's a very important. This relates to what we were just talking there. Where might something that we have not perceived as a weapon be functionally acting mm-hmm. as a weapon? Yeah. And this is the this is what I'm hearing coming from people of color is that tears are being used to distract from the issue, to shut down conversation, and. Therefore, we are not able to do the work that's needed around whatever the subject matter is Mm -hmm. so that we can move forward and get out of it. Mm -hmm. And I think those are valid points. 
I think they are too. I think there's also valid points around we have emotions and sometimes they spill over out of our eyes. And so it's not a matter of turning off the faucet. It's a matter of going way underneath everything, right? Well, and also if if we cry, does that mean everything has to come to a grinding halt? Right. Or can we cry... Uh, because that's how we're feeling, and we, and and keep on and going. And keep going. Or or maybe we just take a need. We need to take a little breather, and we come back to it right. again. But but it's w- w- does that become the full stop on the sentence, or or is it a dot 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 and and a to be continued in five minutes, or you know what? And and do we lose the edge of the conversation if we keep pulling back every time we have an emotion? I mean, this is deeply deeply yeah. complex. Issues, yeah. right? So, for myself, uh, my gut, when I hear you say those things, uh, I'm all for space taking. I mean, I'm again, my mind is thinking back to how many generations gone, how many centuries before, how did we work things through? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I mean, I, I feel like there would be marathon sessions. But not that it would be continuous, not that there wouldn't be breaks, not that there wouldn't be times for people, even individuals, to take breaks, maybe while the group continued on wrestling with whatever they were wrestling in, and you come and re-engage. This feels like like true honoring of what is real for both the individual it's and life, the community. Right? Like we won't yeah. leave until this is till we find our way forward, but that doesn't mean that we can't take individual breaks or whatever to, to for mental health sake, for for regrouping, for attending to the other needs. Which might be happening in community because this is, I've I've seen you know when we're in community we have to remember that we are also whole people. Mm-hmm. We have family responsibilities. We have community responsibilities. We have work responsibilities. We have personal ambitions. We have <laughs> and a, sorry. Little, a, little, uh, a little noise interruption here. <laughs> sorry. We have noise interruptions. <laughs> we have all kinds of interruptions Everything, in yeah. life, right? Yeah. So. Um, these when we especially in our in our our society today we don't honor those things and so we we seem to expect people to show up with all of their energy for whatever it is we're dictating that they we think is there should be shut down anything that might be distracting and 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 i was i I, when we were talking about what we were going to discuss on the show today i said well i'll bring i'll bring my energy hat to this as well and i was thinking about how in in the uh, yin paradigm, the um, the feminine paradigm, uh, which is just as powerful as the masculine paradigm. But in the feminine paradigm, we have a different way of treating, and I think a lot of the indigenous people of the world um, have have this understanding. Time is treated differently. So it, it the length of the meeting is until we're done. Not, uh, you know, we've got we've got space booked from this time to this time, and then we have to vacate the room. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. And I and I think that um, when you're working in that messier realm of we're here until it's done, uh, and we start when everybody's here, mm-hmm. and we finish when everybody's gone. Yeah, it's a, it's not it's not better or worse. It's just different. And I think that when we're um, one of the things that happens in um, communication styles is is one of the things that comes out when we're collaborating. Mm-hmm. And everybody 
thinks and creates and manages in a in a different way according to their culture, according to what sex they are, according according to how they've been socialized or educated or um, come up through the ranks of whatever system they happen to be in, right? Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things that I used to come across when I was in the business world was that if a lot of women felt this, that we were we were at the table where the decisions were being made. But when the discussion about the decisions was going on, there was a different um, communication style for the men than there was for the women. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the women tended to wait for a gap in the conversation before they would jump in and say something. Mm. And the men held forth and didn't didn't create gaps in the same way. Now, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's cultural or I, I don't I have no idea where it comes from. Right. But but what you ended up with then was women not getting a chance to get in there and say anything mm -hmm. because there weren't any gaps for them to step into. Right. And the other thing is that if they talked in order to figure out what they wanted to say, they were um, in many cases judged by what they were wandering around mm, mm -hmm. and and so it wasn't baked yet right um and also i mean i i know that the, a lot of the men were doing the same thing they were they were wandering around too but they were sounding very authoritative while they were doing it yeah um because and that i do believe was mm. socialized right yeah so so when we're when we're trying to combine paradigms whether it's racial paradigms or sexual paradigms or cultural paradigms we need to have a recognition of what our cultural paradigm is and what the other is mm -hmm. or multiple others so that we can make a space and hold it for those people to come in. Yeah. Because I think it's very valid for people in another culture to say, if you expect me to make my best contribution by fitting into your system, you're already hobbling me. Yeah. And so if if and that and how we interpret tears and what we do with tears mm -hmm. is just one of many, many examples of, of how we do that. Yeah. Right? So what is it what do tears mean? Do tears mean that you have to stop? Does tears mean that oh, you're not what you have to say now isn't valid because you're being quote unquote too emotional? Um, you know, like what, how, how are we interpreting this? And this is what I call metacommunicating, right? Talking mm -hmm. about the process mm -hmm. as well as talking about the content. Mm -hmm. But it isn't just talking about it. It's living it. Mm -hmm. It's reacting to it. And I think that many of us self-censor um, because we're gauging all the time. How am I, where, where's the best likelihood of my message being able to be heard, be received, right. be honored, be respected, yeah. and, be and be worked with, right? Yeah. And this is, it, it, like, there, there is no grand solution to this. This is, we're all working pro in progress around mm -hmm. this. This, mm -hmm. is, this is new to all of us. I think there's a lot for us to learn from um, existing ancient cultures who may have done it better. Um, and there's also a lot of things that are being discussed in our current um, culture that that could be useful here. And, you know, the ways that we come together to share those ideas with one another, I think, mm -hmm. are really, really powerful. I was just um, exchanging emails today with a friend of mine in Alberta who is working with justice reform. And that is a big Mm. big pithy cumbersome uh beast to to wrestle 
and so worthwhile mm. because this is this is where we've created the laws the rules by which we live in our culture and and essentially the rules by which we solve conflicts mm-hmm. and is it best is it most um efficacious to have a judge decide all of that and and what happens around the laws that we already have on the books and are they the best laws now if they were if they were written a hundred 150 years ago are they still the best laws and how do we go about assessing them and changing them without having to be in excruciating pain before we decide that maybe right? we can let go of them <laughs> yeah it's um Anyway, I think I, we've given you listeners out there like tons to think about, and maybe it's time for <laughs> it's a time little for break mm-hmm. so that we can um, mix it up Let's and, and it listen to a little music that maybe sheds some light on this. So I've got the Beatles' We Can Work It Out queued up here. And we I haven't heard this song for a while, out. so I'm kind yeah. of excited to hear this. All right, so we can work it out. Try to see it my way. Do I have to keep on talking till I can go on? While you see it your way But the risk of knowing that our love may soon be gone We can work it out We can work it out Think of what you're saying You can get it wrong and still you think that it's alright Think of what I'm saying We can work it out and get it straight or say
listening to 90.1 FM CJSF. We are here up on the mountain in Burnaby on traditional lands of the Tsleil-Waututh, the Squamish, the Musqueam, 
and the Coast Salish, I believe, too, are in this area. And um, looking forward to Indigenous uh, Peoples Day that's coming up later this month, and we're going to do some special programming around that. We'll have a special guest. You're listening to Essential Conversations with Luca Halex and Rebecca Mears. We just listened to the songs uh, Get Together by the Youngbloods and um, We Can Work It Out by the Beatles. And I had a little technical difficulty, so the songs came back to back so that I could get uh, my other stuff together here. But we've been talking about community, about collaboration, about um, compromise. One thing we haven't really talked about is we haven't touched on compromise. But we were also, while the songs were playing, we were, we were talking about um, the energy that is present. Do you want to jump in and say what you were thinking around that, Luca? Ah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, uh, when I get stuck, um, especially if I'm facilitating a group and there's conflict in the group, I, I look for ways in which we can bring in more allowing, and that has to do with finding common ground. Um, and if you can't find common ground in the um, we're all the same sex or we're all the same nationality or we're all the same belief system, then where, where I go with it, and not everybody does this, but I go up um, into a global perspective, a universal perspective, and say, well, okay, we're all... We're all beings on this planet, whether we're animal or, or human. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, therefore, we all have rights to be here, and we all have a need to be safe and to eat, have enough food to eat, and um, we have the right to dream, and uh, all, all of those things that we take to be basic human rights. And I think if we can pull up to that perspective, then we can shift perspective, right? That's... Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I, I'm not, I was trying to think, how is it that I do it? Because I, I'm able to access a shift when I go to that place. And I'm better able to facilitate shifts when mm. I go to that place. Um, and and I, I, I get it. A part of it I get intuitively. So mm. uh, when I was preparing for this trip to Scotland, I was using Airbnb to find a place for me to stay. And a week and a half before I was supposed to um, get on the plane, the person who was going to be my Airbnb host um, sent me a message and said, oh, sorry, I'm not doing that this summer. <laughs> and and that, and that was it. That, like, just left me high and dry. And uh, I... I was annoyed, and and I had to get past the anger because I thought if I I could righteously just blast her, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, that's really not going to. I've got far enough along to know that uh, that makes me feel better in the moment, but it really doesn't shift anything, and yeah. I was still going to have to find somewhere else to stay. So I thought, well, maybe I need to go in and make a different assumption here that she's doing the best she can for whatever reason she's doing the best she can with what she has in the moment if i make um some space for her to be then maybe she can help me out here so that's what i did and she came back with the solution that maybe um, her sister could take me in but at the same time my intuition was saying to me that this was going to be better somehow Hmm. that in the grand scheme of things i had been picturing everything going really well on this trip. I was looking forward to it. I was not coming at it with any trepidation. And I thought, so if something like this is happening, 
from a from an energetic perspective, this is going to be better for me. I just don't know how yet. Yeah. And once I could center myself in that energy, then I could make some space for her without descending into my own fear levels. Because mm-hmm. I could feel the fear coming up. Like, what if I can't find anywhere? And what if I have to pay more money? And I, and I don't have that budgeted? And because I had I had booked this like a good six weeks before. So, um, as it turned out, the place I ended up in was better for me. Mm. It was closer to where I needed to be. It was quieter. Um, There was a a really nice host that I had. I was able to share some things with her. She shared some things with me. Um, It was altogether better. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, like, I was a hair away from tearing a strip off the original person. I don't know if it would have been better or worse. I, I, I can't tell because it didn't go that route. But, um, you know, it's possible that 20 years ago, I wouldn't have reacted that way. Mm. Uh, and, I, and what makes me feel safe enough to be able to hold that space open mm. and not go, I mean, I could have gone down the street and fallen into the hole of fear. Right. <laughs> um, and, I, and I suspect that the woman who was the original Airbnb host... Um, was coming from a place of financial fear when she made the choice that she made. Mm-hmm. So, so her fear could have then been knocked on in a domino effect into me yeah. and had me express fear also. Um, and I and I feel really um, sort of surprised and delighted that I was able to pull out of that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and. And keep us both from going down into a hole of fear. Mm-hmm. That's something that has taken me many years to arrive at. And and maybe I would have arrived at it faster if somebody had come along and said to me, look, this is a possibility. Maybe, maybe you could do this. Mm-hmm. So I hope that when we be- can begin to look at things in that way, where it's not about who's at fault, but more about how can we find another better solution that that then we're able to not perpetuate the fear mm-hmm. um, so that we can because uh, I think we, we hit critical mass around this right when there's enough of us doing it in a different way then it makes it more possible for everybody else to do it in a different way and that is an energetic thing mm-hmm. that's it's uh, you know you hit critical mass I'm having thoughts. Yeah. I'm having thoughts around um, how we we talk and we can observe that in the last number of generations, there's definitely been a disintegration of what we have known as community. Yeah. But when I think even just within the last few generations about what did community mean, uh, there were really strict gender roles and tasks, and it was a very patriarchal capitalistic even for the last few century or two yeah. um, framework yeah there were social tiers yeah there were yes, professional there were tiers of people there were classes and um, we we're really not don't think as a whole we're not interested in going back to that but we need to find our way forward because we realize we are missing something still so the idea of community being so 
We're sort of redefining we it. We're redefining think. it, but we're also, and part of that is also along uh, gender or beyond gender roles, right? Because we're also a lot of our learning edge these days is is just not to be so black and white about gender. It's not helpful. It's not actually reflective of who we are as humans in this, how, how we show up in this world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the stuff that the phrase mansplaining, it's popped off my lips over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a few times. It's, it's up at the moment. <laughs> it's up at the moment. Yeah. But really the idea there is that there is not a sense of equality uh, in capacity or in idea sharing or in voice. And this mismatch becomes a power imbalance and it reflect it ties back to what you were saying before about the the gaps in which women would naturally gravitate to uh, in conversations um, that makes me also think of we had a guest on a, a number of weeks ago who talked about the like uh, brackets that you would have within conversations you'd, you'd mm-hmm. dive down some rabbit holes but then mm-hmm. you close them back up again and that's actually mm-hmm. part of it. it's a conversational style yep. which for some people is all over they the place they don't get it it's yeah. distracting or, or strange to them mm-hmm. it's my style <laughs> it works for me yes yeah <laughs> but it but it doesn't work for everybody yeah. and again community is going to involve the holding space or the creation of space again that allowance you were referring to where all of these different things can show up so and also a point could be made around the support and allowance for people of various stages of their life, very various um, levels of engagement within the contribution to the society. Mm-hmm. Because another thing that we're witnessing these days is the the virtual disappearance of people who are not in the working world. Mm-hmm. And if they've got chronic illnesses, chronic pain, if they are elderly, if they are children, they are in many ways their voices disappear. Yeah. But they if, are... If not being actually actively silenced. Yes. They're yeah. at least... Or disregarded. They're even. disregarded or they're not included. And and perhaps not included because we... Oh, they didn't show up. Therefore, they don't have something to say. But the point mm-hmm. is, well, no. Mm-hmm. There are reasons why people sometimes can't show up. Well, how are you yeah. defining showing up, right? Yes. Yeah. And the idea that... Um, Productivity. This is the super capitalist idea that you're valuable based on your productivity to society. Mm-hmm. God or, help or us. Or your beauty. Yeah. Or your strength. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a nice shirt. You might feel comfortable with that idea while you're strong and healthy. Yeah. yeah. But all of us are not going to be that at some point in our lives. And then we're really going to rue it that we set up and we, that we supported that. Because we have our voices matter because we exist. Not because I'm out there (laughs) creating this amount of money for the community or for the government or what have you. We all have a role to play. Even if our role in this life is uh, on the receiving end. Because this is is what has been given to us, right? Uh, Something else I came across. Change of topic a little. But... um, I ran across something about a month ago that was a post that somebody made on Facebook, a friend, um, a colleague, and she was talking about community and talking about those individuals that we sometimes encounter who are, it's like you can never put enough energy uh, into relationship with them out of a desire 
to make sure that they are included, that their voice is a part of, of things, even though they are not interested in collaboration. They're, they don't have any love for what is being created. Um, there's a, 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 bit, a, a bitterness or a pulling away that you're constantly trying to counteract. Or maybe they cause chaos. They, they, they pull people down. And I think everybody can know what I'm talking about. We've all met people like that, where it's just, this is not a team player. They are uninterested. They do not want to be on the team, but they happen to be in the location. So therefore, we are trying and seeking to include them. And this post made the suggestion that um, it would be okay for us to give ourselves permission not to be bending backwards all the time and to allow all that energy to be going towards those individuals. This was a concept that kind of turned my head on its side because I'm one of those people that will always reach out and try my, my damnedest and I will keep trying to yeah. pull them in. And it was, a, it was a rather revolutionary idea to me that I could give myself permission to stop. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I was also thinking about when I'm in a facilitator's role. And you can facilitate as the manager or mm. as a leader of a party or, or head of a family or principal of a school or whatever, right? To what do you do with the person who is shanghaiing the agenda for the meeting or the energy of the meeting or the attention of the meeting? And at what point do you step away from being inclusive and 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 shift to task and say, look, we can't get anything done here if we continue to pour energy into this person who is not moving. Yeah, um, and and doesn't show any indication that they would like to move. Right. And there's di there's different schools of thought about this, and you know, one of them that I studied when I was learning um, facilitation skills and and specifically conflict facilitation skills is that. Um, that we, there will often be one person in the group who is standing for occupying the role of that aspect of each and every one of us that we're disowning because it's not convenient, it's mm. not comfortable. Mm. And so that person can't step out of that role until we all start to own that part of right. ourselves. So, right. so people with mental health issues, that's another one, right? So we... We talk about them. We point at them and say them, those people, those people who do things that are illegal, those people who have mental right. health issues, those people who are disabled, mm. you know, whatever it is that is other that we don't want to be. We put it out there outside ourselves. But we all have some little part of ourselves that doesn't want to play by the rules or, mm. you know, or isn't we, we collaborating. Occupy that that role at a certain point in our life that that experience yeah. yeah so so i think there's there are there are boundaries some sometimes we have to say i'm not i'm not engaging and mm -hmm. that's appropriate and sometimes we need to take a look at how is this a group function here um and is there something that we can do with that i think too one of the things we can keep in mind is that if we're trying to do something as a whole that by choosing not to to uh keep giving space or attention or feed the the beast or whatever mm -hmm. that is pulling attention away and pulling focus away and not allowing us to get anything done it doesn't have to equal that we're shunning them no because we can still have individual connection yes. and individual conversation individual invitation and respect for yes and respect yeah. for and love for that person mm -hmm. without allowing the hijacking 
Yes. Of, yeah. of the energy of the group. And it takes some fairly sophisticated facilitation skills mm-hmm. to be able to do that. But maybe having conversations like this in public forums allows us to begin to create language around this and concepts around this so that we can begin to shift. Mm. Um, so, you know, I hope that us having this conversation with one another today. So some seeds for some interesting conversations out there amongst you listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think we don't have all the answers, no. you and I, <laughs> but we certainly have lots of questions. And we are definitely using ourselves as guinea pigs for learning about new ways of doing things, new approaches. Um, we're very challenging of ourselves in terms of um, how am I contri- how am I contributing to what isn't working and and what mm. do I have to contribute around making it work better? And being in a place of question yeah. is a much more flexible place than a place of conclusion. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the curiosity place, mm-hmm. right? So so what's coming up good. for you that you might like to let people know about? Well, you and I are off next week to the national radio. National Community Radio Association conference that Mm. happens once a year um, across Canada. This year it's in Fredericton, New Brunswick. So we're really looking forward to that. We're Mm -hmm. doing a presentation while we're there about this style of um, conversation on radio, which Mm -hmm. is really exciting for us. And that's, um, that's a collaborative approach. Um, And we're doing it with a, a colleague from Ontario. So that um, presents us with another interesting opportunity to collaborate. Yeah. So we'll have more to say about that m- when, when we, we get back. But mm-hmm. um, that's it's an exciting place to be. And it is. What's happening for you? Um, well, the group that I said had launched a month ago, that's humming along. So if there's anybody that uh, has a background connection with the Worldwide Church of God or knows somebody else that does and would like to do some uh, exploration and perhaps start their some healing work around the way it may still be impacting them. You can come and find that on Facebook, and the group's name is The Place of Safety, a moderated group for exploration of the impacts of WCG. It's exciting. It's really good. I'm really enjoying the conversations happening there. Yeah. Well, and until next week or next time that we're in the studio. Yes, I wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer and Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahallux.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Happy, 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 boing, 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 bo